Thank you for joining us for the Rescue and Revive Sunday morning sermon from Spencerport Bible Church in Spencerport, New York, given by Pastor Dominic Denisi of Rescue and Revive Ministries and Senior Pastor of Spencerport Bible Church. As always, thank you for helping us rescue the lost and revive the saved with the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. God bless you and enjoy the sermon. 1 Peter chapter 4, for those of you who perhaps are new, visiting, haven't been here in a while, etc. 1 Peter, there is some sub-themes in it which we'll, we'll touch upon. But the human author, Peter, certainly um, is writing from experience, moved by God the Holy Spirit. And one thing to keep in mind is that Jesus said a servant is not above his master. And one of the themes of 1 Peter is to expect and endure suffering. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, to endure hardships. And Jesus was a suffering servant. We are to be as he was. And so keep those things in mind as we travel through the beginning of the fourth chapter of 1 Peter. And some of the sub-themes of suffering and loving and enduring, and so on and so forth. Let's pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 4. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. We know last week this was mentioned as well. A unity of spirit, same mind. And so Peter, once again, emphasizing the importance of having that mind of Christ who was the suffering servant, who endured much suffering, great suffering, ultimately culminating at the cross at Golgotha with the crucifixion. Arm yourselves likewise, do the same with the same mind, for he, that's Jesus Christ, that has suffered in the flesh, has ceased from sin. And that is in regard to us as well, that we, once we become born again, once we have that revelation of who Jesus Christ is and we're transformed, then we too are dead to sin. Not sinless, because we live on a, in a fallen world with a fallen body, but we no longer are under the bondage of sin. We're new creatures in Christ. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And Christ set the pattern of crucifixion. For us, it's in the Spirit, meaning that we die to self. We die to the old ways. You'll see more speaking directly to that in a few verses. And we're resurrected with newness of life. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, residing in us, the power of God. Verse 2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but the will of God. Can't have a resurrection before a crucifixion. You must die to self. Jesus says, any man that loses his life will find it. If you want to have life in Christ, if you want to have life eternally, you die to self. And this is one of the themes throughout the entirety of the Gospels that Jesus spoke. And it's also a, a theme here that 
So often, Peter, we know, if you've been with us traveling through this letter, uses the terms like aliens and strangers and pilgrims, sojourners, depending on the version that you're reading. But they all have the same connotation of visiting, passing through. Citizenship is not here. It's in the kingdom of heaven. Dead to self, dead to sin, free in Christ, newness of life. Listen to verse 3. For the time past of our life may suffice, and this is a bit wordy, us to have wrought or worked the will of the Gentiles. Now that's meaning unbelievers. Have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness. That's not a really a, a word we use much anymore, but it's vileness. Lusts, we know what that is, fleshly desires. Excess of wine, meaning drunkenness. Revelings, banquetings, wild parties, that is. An abominable idolatry. So this is how the pre-converted person will live. This is how somebody who knows not Christ will live. Debauchery, wild living, drunkenness, all forms of the flesh, the desires of the old. Things that the lost do. Those that do not know Christ. This is what their purpose is. This is what they do. Why? Because they have not the Spirit of God in them. Why? Because they have not bowed their knee, their will. To the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and that's Jesus Christ, the one who suffered and died for them, if they bow their will, their knee, their heart, to the King of kings. Then they will have newness of life. But if someone, if a person has not done that, then this would fit the bill, so to speak. Peter's speaking about People who know not this Christ. That again, remember, it's 64, 66 AD. Well, now we're in 2024. And I mentioned last week how the times parallel each other. They do, many people. They have no idea about the crucifixion, the resurrection. They know nothing about the miracle birth of Jesus Christ. You have to understand the times we live in. We have to be wise. Wise men, wise women, Bereans. We have to study God's word understanding that we live in a place that knows not God, nothing, starting right at ground zero. The ABCs of Christendom, explaining who Jesus is, what he did for us, and the offer of eternal life, the opportunity to inherit eternal life and to be set free from all the things we just read that Peter's talking about. See, if you still live this way, you are not converted. If you still live in the midst of all this on a regular basis, you are not converted. You are not a good tree. You produce bad fruit, not good fruit. That's what Jesus, Jesus makes it very simple in the Gospels. He makes it very, very simple using a tree. You know if a tree is good by the fruit it produces. You know a tree is bad by the fr- fruit it produces. And if you are a person who is constantly getting drunk, constantly Uh, part of wild parties, you're just fulfilling every lust of your flesh, whatever that might be, whatever it might be, pornography, uh, overeating to a point of where you're almost sick, Um, whatever it is. We think of the big sins. We think of, okay, uh, sex outside of marriage, and we think of drunkenness, and we think of drug use, but there's so many other lusts of the flesh, so many other things God is not pleased with, and it's things that those who are not converted do. They're in bondage to it. Now, there's areas we struggle in as Christians. We know that. We're not perfect. We know that. Why? I had mentioned. We live in a fallen world. In a fallen body. 
And we won't be perfectly complete, as it says in Philippians 1.6, until the end, until we cross over into eternity. But there's markers, but there's, but there's fruit, there's, there's the fruit of the Spirit, there's love and joy and peace. These things that start to be developed in you only by God's Spirit in you that develops them. You start to bear fruit with patience, and the old things pass away. And you know what I'm saying is true. How would you feel if you were passing by the casino? You were just passing by. You weren't going to go in. But you thought nobody was watching. Maybe you just go in and play a little blackjack. And at the table was Pastor Dominic. What would you think? You would think, this doesn't really line up. What is he doing? How would you feel if you snuck into the bar on Friday night, because you know no one from Spencerport Bible Church was there, and I was there taking shots of whiskey? What would you think? What would you think? See, you know what I'm saying is true. Peter is speaking about things we used to do, that the old man does, that the unconverted, unregenerate does. And he's explaining to them this newness of life in Christ. There's a newness of life, and with that newness of life, your old man is like a shell, just falls off you. God is doing this transformative work in you by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the incorruptible seed, Peter said, which lives and abides forever. And your desires become different, and your mind becomes different. Everything becomes different. When I would teach children's ministry, I would always say, how do you know somebody's a Christian? And I know Thomas talked about that in adult Bible study the last couple weeks. And I used to tell children, very simply, by the way they walk and the way they talk, a good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit. You say you're a Christian, but you speak like a garbage clan. You say you're a Christian, but you live like the devil. Jesus would say, why do you call me Lord, Lord? You don't do the things I say. There's no fruit in your life. And John the Baptist would say, the axe is laid to the root of the tree just because you say you're sons of Abraham. Don't think the way you're thinking. You see, God knows who are his. He knows who the believers are, who the make-believers are. It says in verse 4, wherein they think, who's they? The unregenerate. Those that are not saved. Those that do not know Jesus Christ, not just as Savior, but also Lord, Master of their life. Wherein they think it's strange, it's odd that you run not with them, that you're not hanging out with them to the same excess of rights. And so what do they do? They speak evil of you. Why? Because they think it's strange. Listen, I can tell you from personal experience, the people and the friends that I used to hang out with, I don't anymore. Not because I don't love them, I don't like them. There's about three guys I've known for about 40 years. I play about four or five rounds of golf with every year, and that's about the extent of it. And when I'm out there, I try to be a good witness to them. We pray on the tee box. I don't curse. I try not to get too competitive. But you get the point. Other than that, what do we have to talk about? What are we going to talk about? We could talk about the weather. We could talk about sports. We could talk about the political arena. And then where do we go beyond that? No, see, for me, for me, my desires are to talk about the things of God. It's to talk about the things of God. We have different fathers. Remember what Jesus said? I said it last week. It, it sounds harsh, but Jesus said it. He looked at the religious people of his day who knew not God. And he said, you're of your father, the devil. And I say, really? Jesus said that? Yes, look it up. It's in the Gospels. You have a father 
today. You have a spiritual father. It's Jesus Christ or it's Satan. There's no in-between. You belong to the kingdom of darkness or you belong to the kingdom of light. There's no in-between. You're on the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life or you're on the broad way that leads to destruction. You say, well, what do I have to do to be, do to be saved? Bow your knee, bow your heart, confess, agree that Jesus Christ is Lord, that Jesus Christ did suffer and die for you, that he was resurrected on the third day. How do I believe, you say? By faith. You believe by faith that God will grant unto you. He will grant repentance unto you and you will come into the kingdom that Peter speaks of. That's the good news. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. You see? It says, as many that come to me, I won't turn away. There's room in the kingdom of God for you if you just believe by faith. If you repent, if you have a change of mind, if you understand who this Christ is that the scriptures speak of, God will grant you eternal life all by his grace and mercy. And you will know for the very first time that you have assurance of salvation and that you will be with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. For some of you, it may be the very first time. You may have thought you were saved. You see? It's very personal, isn't it? Our God is a very personal, intimate God. And I've learned one thing now in 20 plus years of ministry is some people are really good at fooling you. They're really good actors. But the reality is, Jesus knows, God knows who are his and who are not. And in time, the truth will always come out. That's why he used the tree for that illustration. In time, you will discover as that tree grows if there's good fruit or bad fruit. And it all goes back to what the root is. Is the root your works, your effort, your religious system, or is it the crucified and resurrected Christ? Is it a work of God because salvation is of the Lord? Or is it you trying to get into the kingdom? It will never work. You'll be damned and you'll be condemned, judged to hell, according to this book. That's the good news. That doesn't sound like good news. There's always bad news with the good news, you see. God created hell, not for man, for Satan and his angels. He desires that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. He has no death in the pleasure of the wicked, or no pleasure in the death of the wicked. You understand? I pray you do. I pray you do. They think it's strange. Of course they do. You know what I'm talking about. And so what will they do? What will the lost do? Exactly what people in darkness will do. They'll make fun of you. And you should expect that. Used to be a badge of honor. See, I wasn't in my prime in the 70s. Right? I was born in 75, but from what I understand, when the Jesus movement went on, the, those that were truly converted like Peter, they would take call, being called a Jesus freak as a badge of honor. When the disciples were beaten for the cause of Christ and said, do not speak in this name anymore, they counted themselves, they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to do what? Suffer. Suffer for the cause in the name of Christ. That's what a truly converted person will do. They will take suffering. They will take suffering and they will drink the cup of suffering along with the suffering servant. And they will get through it with the presence of God. And people will look at them and say, how? When you say, because I'm suffering like my master. He's given me the grace. Like Paul said, his grace is sufficient for me. His strength is made perfect in my weakness. And people will say, there's no way 
And because there is no way, you could say, glory to God. See, with man, it's not possible. With God, all things are possible. Understand who Peter's speaking to. These people are on the run. They're scattered because of their faith in Christ. And this is who he's speaking to. He said, you should not think it's strange that you are now persecuted and mocked and lied about. You should not think it's strange. This is expectation. Why? Servant's not above his master. They did the same thing to Jesus. They said he was Satan. They accused him of being a wine-bibber and a glutton, although he was neither. Why? Because Satan's the accuser of the brethren. You see, that's how you arm yourself. You arm yourself. That's a military term. You arm yourself with the same mind of Christ. You expect it. Don't get caught off guard. Rejoice in it when it happens. And suffer with Christ who suffered for you. He says in verse 5, Who shall give account to him? That's God. That is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Past, present, future. All will be judged. For this cause was the gospel. That's the good news preached, proclaimed. We talked about Caruso, a herald. Also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Verse 7, but the end of all things. There's two ends. Your life, the rapture, the end is near. The end is near. You are going to meet Jesus Christ one of two ways. Plucked up or taken out. You are going to meet Jesus Christ. And Peter understands the urgency of this. He understands how important, what's on the line. Eternity is on the line for every person he is writing to at that time. And today, the, sta- the same holds true. Eternity is on the line for everybody sitting in a maroon chair today. Eternity. Everybody who listens to this podcast, Facebook, YouTube, doesn't matter whatever plot- platform it is, eternity is on the line for your soul. You're going to meet. You're going to cross over and meet God. So he says the end of all things is at hand. What do we do? Therefore, be sober. Be alert. Have a ready mind. Don't be off worrying about all these other things that just don't have the same precedence or weight. They just don't. And watch. You should always be watching. Unto prayer. Pray without ceasing. With all things. Prayer and supplication. Will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when he returns, Jesus said? I personally believe that means, will the Son of Man find a praying people? Now, I'm not saying this to condemn you, so please understand my heart in this. Because I would be guilty with you. Okay? I waited a year to start, uh, start a prayer meeting here. Because I understand the state of the flock. Prayer meetings at any church you go to in this county... Prayer meetings are the least attended events in the church. Talk to any pastor. I I check, call them up. Call up Pat Medeiros. Call up Dave Tommaso down the road. Call up Brave. Call up any pastor you want, and people will not come to prayer. They won't. Why? You could do it on your own, can't you? Let's be honest. It's not important enough. You have other things. You get defeated. You get consumed with the things of the world. You're doing opposite of what Peter's instructing these people to do. He's saying times are hard. You're being persecuted. 
You're being unjustly treated. You are suffering. Pray. Isolation is the worst thing you can do. You seek your own desires, the proverb says. A man separates himself, and you intermeddle with all wisdom. You seek your own desires. It's the worst thing you can do when you're suffering and you're being persecuted to be alone. No, you go to the body of Christ and you say, pray for me. Pray for me. I need help. Pray for me. My kid is lost. I have no income. I can't handle the stress anymore. You know, it's amazing. Um, I use social media. I try to be careful with it. I think there's a lot of bad to it, but there is some good. And I saw this week a tragic, 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 or maybe it was last week, saw that a young man, I didn't know him personally, I know that his brother is a pastor of a local church, had passed away, 37 years old, four kids. And then I found out from a very, very good source what the cause was. And I'm not going to get into it because I don't think it's my, my part to you. My man, heartbroken. Absolutely heartbroken when I heard this. Because you would not expect that if you were looking at the social media posts of the person. See, what happens in between the posts? You know, social media are the, are, are is the easiest place to seem happy. Everybody puts up their good stuff. Hey, don't, even me. You saw, some of you saw it. I put my son last night. He had his first dunk in a basketball game. My other son then watched I mean, it was a great day, basketball. And, well, what am I going to put up? Am I going to put up that, uh, you know, I still don't have a basement for a month because it flooded? Am I going to put that up? I'm just being real with you. I'm being real with you. You need to be real with God. He knows you. The problem with the church is you treat this place like it's a restaurant. It's a hospital. Have the same mind of Christ. Be armed with the same mind. You understand this. And I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. I, basement thing is nothing. It's small potatoes. And, and it's being resolved. That's small potatoes. I'm trying to make a point that I pray you understand. Some of you are going through what you would term, what you would term on this earth, hell. I can't even relate to it because you're suffering so much. So what do you do? Isolate yourself? That's not the will of God. No. You prayerfully seek out somebody within the family of God, within the body of Christ. And you say, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? And many times God will Heal that situation. Heal your mind. Give you encouragement. Encourage your soul. Give you strength and grace that you need to go on. That's his will, according to his word. Verse 8, and above all things. I love this. Above all things. What things? Everything. Peter's saying, listen, here's what I know. This is the number one point that I'm going to make, he says. Above all things. What is it, Peter? Have fervent charity. Right? That's the King James word for love. Have fervent, sincere, deep-rooted love, charity amongst yourselves. For charity or love, what does it do? Shall cover the multitude of sins. Love. We, we use it so freely. We use it so wrongly today. Love. The love of God. Agapeo love. Selfless, service-oriented, dying to self, resurrected in newness of life. Jesus Christ love. 
That's what he's speaking of. He says, all men, everyone will know you are my student. You are my learner. You are my child by your love you have for one another. Above all things, the greatest gift, love. You know my prayer? You want to pray for me individually? I always ask for prayer. People say, what do you want to pray for? I never, and I'll say this. I'm just going to tell you up front. So I'll tell you, this will be a prayer, part of the prayer. If you ever pray for me, here's my prayer request to you. Don't pray for, don't pray for Spence Board Bible Church for me. Don't pray for Rescue and Revive Minute. Pray for me as a man of God, as a husband, as a father. That's what I ask for prayer. That's where, that's where I need the most help. That's what I want to do well. And if you're going to, and if you want to get really selfish for me, that I would be baptized in the love of God, immersed in the love of God, because then everybody will see God in and through me. And I pray it's the same for you. I pray it's the same for you. Keep that in mind. Keep that thought in mind. Listen to verse 9. Use hospitality. comes from... Take off the uh, ITY. What do you get? Hospital. Use hospitality one to another. How? Without grudging. Well, how do we do that, Peter? Open your home. Open your wallet. Open your schedule. Open your heart. Remember, Peter is telling this to the persecuted. Circumstance and condition does not change the instruction. Do you see circumstances, the political arena, election year, whatever you have going on does not change the directives of the Word of God. God's Word does God's work God's way. It doesn't change the directives. No circumstance in your life will change God's Word. It says, be hospitable to one another. Open up your home. Open up your hand. Open up your heart. Love your brothers fervently. Above all things, the love of God. Some of you have some beautiful homes. I got this little rinky-dink thing. People are at my house all the time. Say, why? I had to get used to it. Because that's not my natural state. Believe it or not, I'm totally fine being by myself quietly. But you see, it goes back to what I told you. What am I, you know, how good is that? What am I doing, watching a movie or something? Open up your home. Open up your home. You go over to other countries, I go over to India, you go over to Kenya, you go inside this little mud hut, and they got these big smiles on their face, they're giving you tea, and you're sitting, everything's made out of mud, and they're so happy because they understand this. They understand this. You see? Stop being so selfish and start being selfless. This is Pastor Dominic Nisi of Rescue and Vibe Ministries, and I'm also now the senior pastor of Spenceport Bible Church, located at 1948 North Union Street in the village of Spenceport. I want to personally invite you to come on out and join us at 10.45 a.m. for our Sunday morning service. Spenceport Bible Church is family-friendly. All are invited. We hope to see you there. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Rescue and Revive Gospel Show today. Please pray for us as we seek to rescue the lost and revive the saved with the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. Please visit our website at rescueandrevive.org to find out how you can get involved and support Rescue and Revive Ministries. God bless you. All to him.